Hey guys, welcome back to the Every Plant Story podcast. My name is Shane. I'm here with co-host Sam. Sam, how you doing? Hello, great. How about you? Uh, it's been a good day. We're here uh, on a very special day because we have a very special guest. Um, nice. For those of you who are new to the podcast, the Every Plant Story podcast is here to share more plant stories. And as I've said before, some of those plant stories come from people in the plant community, you know, mm. plant people. And some of it also comes from the people who are best at it, you know, professional growers. Um, that all being said, without further ado, we have a very special professional grower with us today, Madge, who runs a um, multi-location a wholesale foliage business here in Central Florida. And it's always been kind of my goal, Sam, I know we've talked about it a bunch, but you know, the people who have had decades of growing experience. Right. I mean, I'm only 26 years old. I'm the right. first person to admit I don't know everything. And I think there's a lot we can learn from people like Madge. So without further ado, um, welcome Madge to the show. Hello, so, Madge. Hey, Madge, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's nice to see you. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Sam. Absolutely. Shane, always pleasure. Yeah, it's uh, really cool. We got to get you over to this side of town. I know we're a little bit further away from uh, from your side of the neck of the woods on in Central Florida, but how uh, how has this year been for you so far? Um, how, it, how are you doing? It, it, it's been a wonderfully chaotic, busy year so far. Uh, we're only, what, two months into it, but uh, it's it's been a complete continuation of last year for mm -hmm. sure there's mm -hmm. been no break at all because of the the winter the holidays nothing it is still just full speed ahead mm -hmm. yeah and, and speaking of that i mean it's been we can get to that it's been rough keeping up with having enough plants for the people who want plants. But uh, how did, Madge, how did you first get into plants? I don't want to, I don't want to skip past that too quickly. How, what, what first got you interested? Um, it, it has literally been a lifelong incident. One of my very first memories was about plants. Um, I was probably, according to the story from my mom, about two and I was going to help her garden around the um, flower beds. Right. So I proceeded to pull all the flowers off of the geraniums <laughs> to make her a bouquet. So you can imagine my mother's shock and delight when her two-year-old presented her with a bouquet of flowers and the flower beds were empty <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic so obviously that uh f flowering plants I've, it sounds like you got an early start when when did you start getting into the house plants or was that the start to did you start with gardening or like it, how was that evolution for you it it was a little bit of everything um uh i'm one of the last few true natives i was born and raised here so for the last 56 years, I have enjoyed everything there is to do with agriculture in Central Florida, um, from the uh, beautiful orange trees in our backyard where our swing sets were, swinging from sunup till mm -hmm. sundown, eating I'm... oranges to the point that, <laughs> that you had big red acid blisters uh -huh. around your mouth. And, yeah, that's um, true. And my mother loved uh, gardening. We had roses, 
obviously our infamous geranium beds, um, and shrubs. Mm -hmm. uh, she hand-selected little bushes, and we grew our own hedges. Um, wow. It, it's, it's literally been a lifelong thing, and uh, I think now saying it all out loud, I guess it came from her. Uh, we were the first house in our neighborhood that had our very own homemade greenhouse. It was about a 10-foot by 10-foot building. Wow. And so when, when winter was approaching, all of her favorite little plants were moved in there. Right. And I used to help her water them and take care of them until it was warm enough for everyone to come back out again. That's awesome. That's cool. So you said from mom, mm -hmm. right? What, what, uh, you had a tiny greenhouse where you, when did you, do you have any memories of first propagating plants there? Or like, where was the transition to house plants? Um, well, I guess that, that actually came a little later on. It was, uh, my senior year in high school, there was, uh, this new program being offered called DECA. Okay. <laughs> so in your senior year of high school, uh, I had my very first official paycheck job. Okay. And um, that was at a, a nursery uh, in Plymouth. Okay. And um, from start, they were specializing in bedding plants. So everything from operating the cedar machine, mm -hmm. you know, the little tiny 288 cell plug trays. Um and uh, and then from post graduation uh, was my first uh, job at a I guess what we would now call a, a regular greenhouse. Okay. Um, so everything from cutting, sticking, plug transfers, you know, from start to finish until we packed them up, put them in a box loaded them up on a semi and out they went mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and from there it has just been a non-stop love affair with yeah. with plants every plant yeah <laughs> and that's i mean it, it goes without saying but uh um your greenhouse has always been one of the highest quality probably the highest quality in apopka um and you produce some of the best plants, but that is, I mean, that's obviously a testament to all the lessons you've learned throughout the time. Did you go to school for botany or what? No, really? No, absolutely not. Um, everything was basically just, you grew up in it. So it mm -hmm. was all the benefit of parents, the knowledge passed down. Um, now, uh, my husband, he actually uh, did uh, train Great. professionally for this. Um, I always tell everyone that he's our scientist and chemist. Uh, that's where the, you know, the detail work right. uh, of course. comes from. Right. Um, but I literally started at the bottom, you uh, know, mm. filling pots. Right. The whole, the whole nine yards. Learn each so, step one yeah. at a time. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And yeah, I think that people don't, you know, it kind of goes without saying, but I don't think people in general realize how much of the same tasks greenhouse do greenhouse does a lot. Right. You know, right. everyone kind of thinks it's it's a magical place. And by all means, especially when stuff's getting ready to go out the door, the, the feeling of magic kind of comes back around you and you have that like, yeah, I'm proud of this thing. I grew it. It, it is. And it's it sounds a little, I guess, I guess you might say hippie-ish, 
But um, it it is true. It's that whole hands-on, nurturing um, magic that happens right. that, that you can take this seed, plant it, grow it, and turn it into... Fruit, exactly. Uh, yeah, or whatever. Food, that was always my favorite orna- part of ornamental, the greenhouse, you know, products. You know? Um, it's and and it is. We have a, a lot of times folks who just just think that oh well, you just go down to your big box store and you get a pot and you put some soil in it and you stick a plant in here and you know, boom. Mm-hmm. No, boom takes a little longer than that. <laughs> I wish it was it's, boom. Uh, yeah, yeah, same. We, yeah. Would, we probably would have a lot more plants to share with uh, right. the people who want them if, right. it, if it worked that way. And I, I, I think that's another thing that, um, you know, this plant shortage that we're having, that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the plants that we grow are the uh, Dutch anthuriums. Mm-hmm. And they're brought in from Holland as a little plug liner. So from the moment they're unboxed and put in the soil, it is one year wow. until Ooh. that plant is finished and ready to be sold. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Insane. I mean, growing takes time and patience. I mean, without it, right. without a doubt. I mean, it's, and it's, we can get into a little bit of, of where the market is at too. Um, when, when obviously you said you didn't go to school, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. meeting your husband, obviously he brought some things to the table too. Mm-hmm. When was kind of the, the start to what now is, is the business that you run? When, when did you kind of branch out into um, making, uh, think, making your own? I think in 1985 is when the big shift happened. Um, uh, his parents started the greenhouse in 1964. Wow. And then in 1983, um, my sister-in-law came on board. And then in 84, Paul came full-time on board. Um, And then I joined the crew in in 85. Wow. So from the time that Dad had it until Paul and his sister took over, about 85. And that's when the huge, you know, shift occurred Mm -hmm. that we um, expanded and made it um, much larger. I was going to say, how how big was it when you you started way back then compared to what you're doing now? Um, Well, the the first location was um, six greenhouses, six hoop houses. So what, a quarter of an acre, maybe? Maybe, maybe. And then um, six more hoop houses were added to that location. And then in the 70s, they acquired the uh, second location. Um, that was another 13 acres, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another one that started off as six hoop houses. And since then, that property has had the biggest expansion. They um, added on 18 more Dutch glass houses. Oh, wow. So it was a huge jump. Yeah. Huge jump. That's awesome. And then in the early 90s, we acquired the third location. So that's another eight houses. Incredible. Now, what what is it like? Do you use the different 
this isn't in our notes, but do you use the different locations to to grow different things? Is there, a, you know, we're new, obviously some of the things we've talked about in the podcast the past couple of weeks has been just the fact that we're now operating in, in two different locations. Right. Obviously you have teams split up right. on different locations. What, right. it, it, have there been things, challenges and uh, positives? Is it easier to, to grow certain things at different locations? Um, it, it is. And the, the biggest key that I could even uh, offer, even advice for you, the biggest trick to what we do is you have to grow what grows in your area. Mm-hmm. And that's a very hard lesson for folks to learn. Everyone loves, you know, the cyclamens and the other seasonal crops. The problem is we live in Central Florida, mm-hmm. and you need to remember that when it's 95 degrees in the middle of August, cyclamens don't like that. Mm-hmm. Especially when your greenhouse is 10 degrees warmer right. than it is outside. Exactly, right. and every fan on the property is going 100 miles an hour, <laughs> exactly. and, and you can only just cool so much. Yeah. I mean, unless you really want to throw in a huge investment, which at your age would be, you know, a, a you know, a valid option um, to invest in coolers mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, you know, the key is to grow what grows in your area. Mm-hmm. And and that does that change from greenhouse to greenhouse too, because you have different structures exactly. and the roof is a different height and you're right glass dutch glass houses are not the same as you know double layer poly houses by any means um we do have certain areas which do have cool wet pads mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um as i like to refer to those as our redneck air conditioning system mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty much what it does um, yeah so They're other than too. that um you know you need to remember we're in central florida and yeah. you need to Grow what grows in your area. And vice versa for the listeners, too. I mean, that that also, I mean, it goes without saying, but yeah, it's going to be harder to maintain high variegation on a plant if you're living in Seattle and have overcast for, mm-hmm. you know, months and months at exactly. a time. So exactly. it definitely does impact you. Now, the cool thing is, is, I mean, and I got to show you some of the technology we're working on and stuff, too, is that technology is starting to catch up and help, at least in the in the consumer side, in the customer side, you know, you can get a grow light now. Right. You know, those used to be things you you remember back in the day, right. you'd had to wire up entire new circuitry oh, yes. and the whole, you know, the whole nine. Now it's just a LED panel you right. can, you, can you know, right. plug into your wall. So there are options out there, but if you don't have the light, yeah, you're probably gonna need to find a way right. to to make it up. And we we had the same. We learned a very hard lesson. With, that's the uh, the gotcha question of this whole thing is at the end. We'll tell to ask you to share your most embarrassing plant story because I just think it's really important because everyone thinks that because especially somebody like you. I mean, me, I almost get an excuse because I'm a professional grower, but I'm 26, so you right. can cut me some slack. Uh, but we've all made those mistakes and that's the right. way you learn. learn. Hard lessons. Yeah, right. but we we learned that hard the first year we did Gabriel, you know, direct to consumer online is we tried to grow some oxalis and that was the oh. same that was the same thing. It was beautiful the, the until bane of our existence. Yeah, until the end of March and then right. yeah, they it don't want anything unhappy. over 88 right. degrees and right. There you go, just like right. a light switch. Oh, yeah, They're I just come in like, the next day, the whole bench. You're like, oh well, there, there it goes. I yeah. guess we're tossing that in the garbage. Yeah, <laughs> and of course they'll they'll retreat down beneath the soil, but yeah, it doesn't. Right. Yeah, you can't sell it at that point. So. Right, and then then the other thing is that I, I try to uh, 
let as many of our end consumers know, the biggest benefit that you have is being able to actually reach your sales staff, your mm-hmm. your local grower. If you have questions, um, that knowledge is, you know, so important. And that's one of the things that I love most about working with Gabriella is, you know, anybody can you know, go online, open up a shop and, you know, sell plants, mm-hmm. you know, but that's, um, that's only half the work, mm-hmm. you know, it's the customer service, it's the grower knowledge, it's all of that. Um, and that's not to say, you know, with our earlier conversation about um, growing what grows best in your area, you can grow our beautiful tropical plants all over the country. Mm-hmm. So I hope that didn't come out the no, right of, way. No, of course, it's but it's not going to be exactly the same. They're right. not going to put out the same number of leaves, right. you know. And you need to know what season are you in? Mm-hmm. What's the light placement? What's the fertilizer rate? How you can successfully maintain your plant over this winter holiday and still have them ready to go this spring once it warms up and the sun is out again and she'll just continue growing. Mm-hmm. And that's um, that's stuff that you can't just find anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And some, something that's always made plants, I feel like, a part of my life is, is yeah, there's a, a big part of, you know, as someone especially who suffers from anxiety and stuff, yeah, when you have those kind of moments where you don't have something to work on, if you mm-hmm. have something to go put your hands at, you know, I find myself doing it even with, Gabriella, you know, right. if I'm at home and it, you know, Miriam's gone, my wife's gone and I, I don't know what to do instead of sitting around doing nothing, nothing, you know, it's fun to just go have something to invest in, something right. to care about, we'll something to work on. Bit. Yeah, exactly. It's very relaxing. So oh, yeah. um, I really enjoyed in that sense with, without a doubt. And it's been, you know, that it's a real passion when that's the case, when like, when you have free time and you find yourself just back Back doing it with the plants you you know you got a problem or that you're you know however you want to view that or a passion you know problem or passion it's oftentimes they come hand in hand but you know we'll we'll see about that um what do you that's a perfect segue to my next question for you madge what do you find the most rewarding in being a grower um it is and that's a, a really big answer oh, yeah. there. It's everything. Like I say, I don't know if it's the you know, the the whole process from start to finish. There's something rewarding on a weekend when it's quiet, the other employees aren't there, it's just mm-hmm. you and my my trusty sidekick Jake, my assistant grower. He's our cat. (laughs) Uh, We love to walk through the greenhouses in the quiet Mm -hmm. and just, you know, from the very first little sprouts emerging from the soil, you know, to that bed full of beautiful plants that uh, I can call Shane and let him know they're ready to go. (laughs) That's Um, awesome. So it's the whole thing. It's the quiet. It's the fresh air, the clean fresh air, Mm -hmm. the warmth. Yeah. The, no dry the, skin because you got 100% humidity yeah, anywhere you go. Time, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a bit of personal pride, you yeah. know. Um, 100%. Um, and, and 
then then there's the other you know half of my job and what I do is not just a grower but as the salesperson. Mm-hmm. You know, um, being able to do what I do best because I've seen them grow from right. start to finish. Yeah, You're, there's nobody better to be able to offer. Yeah, the tips and tricks than the person who's super experienced growing them. And that's always been kind of my passion about connecting more growers to the people who want these answers. Because, you know, there are plenty of content creators and that's not even to say anything bad about content creators out there. But I've learned a lot from you from touring your your facilities, Madge. Um, And I try to do that with anyone that will share the information with me because right. I also realize there's a lot I can learn and I'm, I'm very, very young. Speaking of cooling pads, and she said it was a good investment, that is already in the plan for oh, the yeah. Brooks Green. <laughs> that nice. are in the Brooks Greenhouses, yes. yeah. So uh, I don't know if I've told you yet, but we're building uh, additional greenhouses on my my well, my wife and I's property, oh, just okay. five driveways around. Oh, so, And those cool. will have very cooling cool. pads. So awesome. we can start growing some of the things that become challenging to grow Right. in the summer because we never really had a way to keep right. temperatures reasonable like that so that's it'll be wonderful awesome. news yeah. congratulations it'll, cool. it'll be uh we'll we'll see how long it takes to actually get built we uh i've i've learned to set my expectations low because uh we've now make, make the runway long yeah we've now whether it was coming here and becoming two locations or when we built the hq building there you know they all everyone always tells you oh yeah six weeks uh, just go ahead and tell yourself 18 yeah. weeks so you're six not weeks, uh, every six weeks yeah exactly mm-hmm. so just go ahead and tell yourself three times whatever they right. tell you the timeline is so that you're right. less disappointed than <laughs> you otherwise would be um that being said you said that one of your favorite i feel like i'm a i feel like her and i feel like madge and i are just connected so deep right. on the whole uh being there on the weekend when no one else oh, is there yeah. i mean you know yeah i love to show up at 4 30 right yes. when everyone else is uh scooted out of there not because mm-hmm. i i love our team mm-hmm. right. but because there is something there's a really nice like peaceful yeah feeling. and there's also like a weird correlation to like at least for me and maybe i just overthink i mean i overthink everything but <laughs> like you know it's also um, observing growth in the sense of plants can make it a lot easier to think through and talk about and have perspectives on your growth as a person and the growth as a team. Um, You know, there it's a, it's a big window into looking at in my mind, the world in a, in a much more graceful and helpful frame of mind. There's a lot of lessons to be learned. Right. And that's one of the things, um, you know, even, you know, training, you know, uh, over all these years, you know, um, it is a team in every sense of the word from your delivery driver to the people who are filling the pots to the people who are cutting the vines and sticking them Mm. to the people who are Packing up when it's a hundred plus degrees, you're sopping wet at the end of the day, you're hot, tired, yeah, dirty, you know, exactly. And two and, showers isn't enough, <laughs> but it takes all of you together, everybody on the same page to make right. it flawless. And oh, yeah. I, I, I just view, you know, the people that I am blessed to work with, I never refer to them. As employees, they they are your family. Uh huh. And when you stop and think about it, you're there from seven o'clock in the morning till four, at least four plus in the afternoon. 
when you map it out, you spend more of your time with them than you do at home. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's not the case. Well, okay. Do you the get, math. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Get yeah. Off Run the work, numbers again. <laughs> you go home, you get showered up, you have dinner, you maybe watch a couple of Netflix. Right. And the next thing you know, you're asleep. Back at work. <laughs> and you're asleep until you get up tomorrow morning and you do it all again. Right. So right. when you think about waking time, yeah. you know, and then that is the most important thing. And you need to let them know. That they are appreciated. Oh yeah. Oh, you yeah. do. I see what you're doing over there. Right. I'm, I'm taking notes of that. I yeah. see you, you know, busting it. Right. Um, and if and those pots don't get filled and exactly. the vines don't get cut, and then the exactly. delivery truck doesn't, show, you know, yeah. every exactly. piece so is important. So everyone has to be working together to make mm-hmm. it happen. Mm-hmm. And there's no other way. And when you are blessed to find those, you know, right. those people. Who do that, you know, that just makes my job. I'm, I'm probably one of the happiest people around. <laughs> right. I had the best people to work with, the best job in the world, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's mm. so cool to hear that because it's like you said, Shane, you and Madge are connected. It's such a it's I've seen over the past couple of months. That's been a very big passion of Shane's driving home that point to our team that it is you know, every piece of the puzzle has to be there for it to be perfect to get that plant to the customer. And, and, and then that's part of the personal pride too, that the whole team puts it in and then we get the, my plant arrived, perfect, look at this, you know, Mm -hmm. and then everybody had a piece in that, you know what I mean? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's one of the reasons we, we pushed really early on to, to do the packed by cards with right. the signatures of who was involved in the process right. and something we want to, you know, expand on as we roll out the, uh, every plant has a story nursery stakes and, and that whole can, um, initiative later this year, uh, all that is to, and it's always been on my heart to try to relay as much as possible, especially when we talk about what we do is, you know, direct to consumer. So we have the ability to tell the story direct to the endpoint and to try to share as much as possible that, yeah, there was probably, what, nine people that had to do with an right, average order least. between the person who planted yeah. it, the person who watered it, the person who, you know, did spraying or um, other, you know, trimming, those types of things, then down to the person brings it over to shipping, right. shipper has to put it in a box, you know, over and over and over again. Um, none of those tasks, and if any single part of it starts to break down, it has ripple effects. If mm-hmm. you know me sending the newsletter email has some misinformation, you know our customer care team answering emails is going to have a lot more clarifying questions because of something that I rushed and, and right. said before it needed to be. And in the same way, inventory sending or saying a plant is ready to ship that isn't, you know, adds another email to customer service if it doesn't right. make it there. So all of our teams interact with each other's workload. And the last thing I think on the the teamwork thing and I think, Madge, you could even speak to this, that is particularly, obviously our whole company is one team, but the teamwork thing is even more of a like necessity when it comes to the greenhouse because it is 100 degrees and you got to have the family that can look out for one another and go, hey, you're not, 
you know, we're all here to plant more plants, but you, you look like you're going to pass out. You need yeah. to, you know, drink some water. Yeah. You need to go, go sit in the you, shade. you know, exactly. and, and, and to be we, able to pick somebody up when they, you know, right. when they do Ex- fall, not exactly. physically, but you know. <laughs> hopefully. Well, yeah, yeah. But now I must say, I must have to admit, uh, one time that was me. Uh-huh. Uh, we had, we had some paint. We had to paint the roofs over at one of the locations. So when that happens, you have to turn the fans off right? Mm-hmm. because uh, you don't want overspray and all of that. And it, yeah, one time it just was a little too warm and yeah, I literally was down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you do that. You keep an eye on everyone. Like I said, when you spend that many hours a day with each other, you do get to know them. You do care. Right. You, you are personally right. involved in, and I, used to i guess be a little sad about you know uh reaching this this age of maturity but i also over the last year have grown to embrace it so yeah i guess i am now the official mother hen so yeah if you start looking a little squirrely you know you're going to the break room you're going to sit down you're going to get something to drink a few minutes in the ac oh yeah um I have my phone set to the weather alert, so if it gets looking a little stormy right. or, you know, a little little scary out there in the greenhouse, we'll all head back into the metal warehouse. We'll make trays. We'll do something yeah, else right. until I hate, it's safe. I hate to cut her off, but, like, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm just seeing myself, I like, know. 30 years I in know. the future. Because I am, like, known in our team for being, like, Mr. Weatherman right. and the oh, same yeah. thing. Yeah, right. I mean, mm. these are the things that I think... It, this has been such a cool podcast because right. these are the things that growers do right. like without even thinking about it. Like I've had, I mean, even in the time I didn't work at the greenhouse, like when you first came on way back when we first were doing right. wholesale, I had weather alerts. We didn't have the weather station and the stuff we do now inside right. the greenhouse and stuff. But yeah, it, you, you keep your ear to the ground to so much mm-hmm. and you do so many little things that even sometimes the team doesn't even realize, yeah. you know, has to happen. But there's so many little things like that. And, you know, I think that's been a lot of our uh, our goals, too, is how do you get more of those things either automated or to a way that they could be operated or done by somebody with training? Because a lot of those pieces of equipment from a pop gun stuff, they don't come with even the tray stapler. Right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It didn't exactly come with a how to staple a tray from it. It's just kind of assumed that if you have yeah, the big floor stapler, right. you, you know what to you do know with it. How, you know what you're doing. Right. Right. right, right. But if you're going to go to multiple locations and you now need to make a piece of paper that says, here's how you use it, here's how you reload it, you got to make that from scratch because right. that's not even out there. Right. right. So it's been a it's been a really interesting thing to to see all this stuff that... I do. Right. And then she's like, yeah, you just do this because you're a girl. I'm like, okay, good. I'm not just crazy because no. I thought I was pretty crazy for having all the weather alerts on my phone. No. I, and and my just one of my personal beliefs is we're, we're not just stewards of the land. We're stewards of each other. Mm-hmm. And it's only when you all work together as a team um, that it works smoothly. Now, right. believe me, there there are days, no matter how well you all tried, there are days when 
you know, you're just a grumpy Gus for whatever oh, yeah. uh-huh. reason. Things and don't go as planned. Exactly. And that's just going to be a really good day for you to walk the greenhouses and take inventory uh, exactly. by yourself. Exactly. Um, or, or something like that. But um, for the most part, it's, it's one big happy family right. in every sense of the word. And I love being an educator and teacher for the next generation. Um, and every bit of knowledge that I've acquired, I'm always happy to pass it along and do whatever I can to help get the next generation of young people into growing, growing mm-hmm. whether it's agriculture for food or yeah. plants yeah. or cattle. There's a lot of what, agriculture whatever. that isn't house plants right. that's right. that's equally as needed and I think that's something that I have said before to the team too is just like yeah even the principles you're learning in in whether you were working on a farm growing vegetables and you had house plants there are lessons you can kind of apply to both mm-hmm. and, and vice versa too if you grew a bunch you know our team grows a bunch of house plants but these are the same principle you know your tomato plant still needs right. light, water, right. fertile, you know, nutrients. It's the same story, and right. it's just learning more and more of the specifics on how to to best care for right. specifics. But it's all basic biology still, right. um, and it's cool to see people who have been interns for my dad's business in the past and things, you know, go on and like you're saying, yeah, it may go into a a different portion of agriculture but those lessons are still very real and even the the lessons outside of like you were saying those life lessons you can get from growing you can take those people that work in the greenhouse and you can take those lessons that you learn from you know like you're saying being patient with each other in the greenhouse working together to beat the heat and get the stuff done you can take those outside of just the greenhouse context Mm -hmm. and apply them to the wider scope of your life and growth and those types of things and that's what i feel like Coming in to help Shane from, you know, years back when we were doing the wholesale business, I was outside of the plant business or the agri- or the industry, you know what I mean? And all those lessons, it's so cool to see that, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and basically, you know, like what we've been, you know, talking about this whole time, there are at least a handful of things that I can think of right off the top of my head that would apply the same way. Are yeah. we not... Are we not speaking about what teachers do every day? Right, right. Those, those wonderful school teachers, mm-hmm. your nurses. Right. Yeah. That same nurturing. Being willing to l- take what you learned from the day before and right, figure right. out how to get it to the next. So it's, um, it, it all is connected. Yeah. Um, Always growing more. Right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. What... Uh, Another question for you: what What does a day in the life look like for you? Obviously, you just kind of mentioned it earlier. Wake up, go do plant things, go home, wake up, do it again. But um, what What do you? Well, the typical day what 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 the optimum day would be? <laughs> of course, uh, the plan versus yeah, reality is sometimes day. different. Uh, the The first half of my day is usually in the greenhouses. Uh, first thing. You know, you've got plants that you're packing, orders that need to be filled, um, making sure that, you know, everybody is has their designated tasks for the day. 
I, I, you know, walk the benches. Who needs fertilizing? Um, uh, what what plants? What crops is being shifted from this building to the finishing building? Um, Friday morning, I was out closing shade curtains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so the first half of the day is is greenhouse. After lunch, then I'm in the office uh, where I put on my salesman cap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And get to everything you knew the entire morning while you were having fun. Right. And, you needed and, to right. do. In the back of your like, mind. Yeah, in the back exactly. of your mind. You're like, ah, I exactly. still didn't respond to Jeff. Got to make bad. these yeah. phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need to remember. Yeah, I need to, I need to call him and let him know that those are ready. Or um, more than likely uh, here in the last year, that phone call has been around gee, you know, I know that we were hoping to have these ready to go, but it's been a unusually cool and cloudy, rainy winter for us. It has. And the plants are running, you know, around three to four weeks behind. Um, and then a lot of times it's, uh, you know, they want to pre-book or want to order and... I, I'm sorry, I, there's just not enough plants to go around right. and trying to get people to understand why there's not enough plants to go around. Yeah, yeah, and that's been something I've I've addressed countless times in like live streams and stuff is, and I, it's part of the thing that makes me happiest out of everything I do at Cabriella is just like the overall knowing that we're doing our part to try to encourage the next generation of growers because there's been a huge drop off of people who had similar stories to you, but whose children don't have as much interest in doing it. Um, There's been obviously in central Florida, not to get too into the weeds, but there's been a lot of new roads and things that is also, you know, uh, what do they call that? Eminent domain, you know, seized some of the properties, but that made it hard if it took half your property. Um, and it's also made property values go up because now you're a closer drive to Disney. So there's a, a, a tons of compounding factors right. that the number of growers that there used to be is dwindling. Right. And that was way before the plant market kind of upticked. But since you kind of ta- since you kind of tapped on the industry and how things have changed, obviously there's always been. I've grown up in it. I was in a greenhouse when I was in diapers. There's always the spring rush fall off of sales mm-hmm. towards the end, you know, the Q4, basically you just don't have anything and you hope you earned enough money in the front half of the year to pay for all your supplies right. going that, into next that was year. The usual, that was the usual routine. Right. How has that changed in the last two years? Cause obviously a lot of people got into the plant market during COVID, mm-hmm. but you and I have been talking since far beyond, f- far before COVID right, right. on running it, out um, of supply. And, and actually, I, when, when I've been asked this before, um, I describe it as it was a perfect storm. Um, it actually started as far back as Hurricane Irma. Mm-hmm. Mm. You're it, right, it, yeah. it 100%. Was, it was the week before Hurricane Irma hit us, and there was a mad dash. Everyone wanted to hurry up get their orders in, get their plants in, and get them safely to them before Hurricane Irma hit. Out of the state of Florida. (laughs) Yeah, because, oh my gosh, what if the greenhouses get blown away? Then we're not going to have any plants. So quick, everybody, you know, hurry up and order everything you want. 
then Friday night, uh, Hurricane Irma did hit us. Um, luckily, we had very little damage, very little. We were so blessed. Mm. Um, so that was Friday. So nine days, no electricity. <laughs> that was a boatload of fun, I tell I'm you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when you need electricity to run your well to oh, water the plants. Yes, it and was, it, yeah, that uh, made made life very interesting. So out comes some creative work, and right. we need to get electricity to this as well because everything else, no air conditioning, no. Everybody has an old like '60s water. Buick engine that's hooked up to some crazy belt, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but you're not going to do anything without water. So right. that was our top priority: make sure that the the water is running. So, um, so that was uh, day twelve. Was our not the Monday right after, but the following Monday, um, electricity was back on. Customers found out we weren't blown away. Mm. So then it was a mad scramble for those who did sustain mm-hmm. quite a bit of damage. Right. They needed plants. They needed to get plants back into their greenhouses like pronto. And we have not caught up since. Yeah. And the other thing I think that's worth pointing out in Irma too, and I'd have to pull it up, but you also had it, and this is typically a Florida thing, um, I don't know what the percentages are, but a chunk, uh, uh, you know, let's just call it 50 50. It's probably not, but some house plants in the state of Florida are grown in the central Florida region. Some are grown in South Florida, um, either slightly North of Miami or, or South of Miami and the homestead area. Um, and most of the time hurricane season or especially hurricane by hurricane only really targets or comes into contact with one of those two. Irma did that whole let's skate across the bottom of the state first Mm -hmm. and then yank, you know, northwards. So a lot of the damages that were some of the worse off were some of the stuff down there, too. Right. And there was a big loss in in South Florida growers also. Um, The other difference uh, between us here in Central Florida and South Florida is a lot of the the structures there are simply, you know, uh, shade houses. Right. right. Um, or wood construction. Right. right. Now, there, they, there are businesses there that are getting a little more sturdy, but typically those were um, shade house mm-hmm. operations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even a typical summer afternoon thunderstorm right. you know will can do some you know damage. rip rip shade right. cloth off the building sure. so you can just imagine you know 100 plus mile an hour winds right. coming through there mm-hmm. um so you've got structure damage you've got crop loss right and yeah because if you have a plant that's supposed to be growing in in shade right. and the shade cloth is facilitating that and this is something p- people ask me a long time ago, we somehow got on the on a live stream about hurricanes, and they asked like, "Well, what's your, you know, do you evacuate?" And I'm like, "No, I don't, because if you do lose roofs, you either got to figure out how to Move get plants. a piece of poly right. back up there to at least just right. help, or you know, to start moving plants, right. and you need to be there to do it 
you know, right. ASAP, but that is true that Hurricane Irma did slow down the, right. the whole industry because we felt that too. And that honestly is a, a decent amount of the Gabriella plants right. starting of the story because that was in September of 2017. Mm-hmm. It was the same month I got married to my wife. Mm-hmm. I was actually made homeless by that storm. Wow. Greenhouse has only lost two roofs out of the 15, but we, uh, the, we took on water through our, the roof I was renting at the time. And right. good thing I didn't go to bed. I'll show you the picture afterwards, Madge. Yeah, lost Hurry. most of the I, roof. I, I have to watch what I say to her. I don't want to like, uh, <laughs> just jump freaking her out. She's going to be scared. Uh, but. No, but I mean, we, we did the same thing. We, we lost um, roofs only. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is the, best case um, for a grower at, right. in, in Central Florida. But the, the next day, I'm, I'm telling you, those those wonderful folks that work with us, I mean, those girls were out there with the rakes, with the buckets. They what the plants that lost their roof overhead. They immediately had them loaded up on carts and transported to the next building over that did have their roof. Had all of the drip tubes picked up. All the plants that were blown all over the place were already picked up in trash buckets, out there with their rakes, and within a couple of hours. It looked like nothing happened except we there was bright skies overhead. Right. They right. were amazing. So what what do you so you say that like obviously I I'm agreeing with that. That's a, a cool perspective on the hurricane thing. How how else do you think the market has changed in the past two years? That being the start of enough growers being hurt right. that the supply the ability to grow more plants right. like madge said some can take you know a year or more um a lot of that got sidetracked and even if you didn't have um you as a grower didn't have significant damage that doesn't mean the other business that give, that you purchase cuttings from right. or that gives you liners or, or baby plants to start with that they didn't suffer a damage or anywhere in between, right? I mean, there can sometimes even after a hurricane just be that you can't get soil because it's hard to get 18 wheelers down here and have access right. to all the roads right away. Right, and that's that's exactly, you know, where where we currently are is still remnants of that because it just all snowballs from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the big pickup with remember, COVID too, because people started purchasing more house plants, but that was far after the actual a year over or a year after irma um that was the second part of the storm so you're already dealing with the shortages left over from irma trying to keep up and then along comes covid the shutdown Mm -hmm. um i like to use it as um you know, a repeat of September 11. Um, it was a shock, drastically. I mean, COVID-19 will never, ever compare to, to that, but that same initial shock. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole oh country gosh. being, right. and the yeah. whole country being affected, which it's, I think is a big like thing. Conversation. Right. Yeah. Just like that. Um, oh my gosh. You know, my life is is uh, in disturbance. Yeah. Um, I got up. I used to go to work every day. Did my job. I come home. We have dinner. We go out with our friends. uh, We go to a concert. We go to the beach. We go here. We go here. All of a sudden, no. Mm -hmm. You're home. Um, If you're fortunate enough that you have a job where you can work from home, Mm -hmm. okay. 
you can still do your job. Sort of. Sort of. But um, your life was just completely turned upside down. And it's that same feeling of, I, I can't control COVID. I can't control what's going on around me. But I can control what's going on in my home. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to have to be here, um, dear, I think we need some new furniture. Uh-huh. I think it's time to redo that bathroom. Uh-huh. Well, you know what? Now the kids are home because there's no school right. in some places. Right. What are we going to do? We need to keep the kids busy. Right. You know what? Let's start gardening. I right. can teach them how to do that. Uh-huh. Hey, let's go down to wherever your favorite place is. Uh, hopefully, Gabriella place. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... Um, Let's go get some clay pots and right. let's show the kids how to pot this stuff. Right. I, I can control this, right? Right. right. Um, I, I'm in control of this portion of my life. Right. And the brand new love affair was started right. again. It's funny because yeah. you're like, it seems like you're describing Shane's first, that first potting video you made. We had uh-huh. the exact same conversation where he's like, you know, people are at home. Are they looking for stuff to do with their kids? Let me mm-hmm. make a quick video. Just, you know, if I can get people into a quick propagating video just to have something to hold on to, you know? Yeah, especially because people ask us, how do we propagate in right. the soil compared with water and stuff? And I was like, yeah, this is probably true. It's a perfect time for this. I always right? tell the joke, but yeah, I feel like, I felt like house plants were also when it comes to COVID specifically, we're also like not last choice, mm. but like second choice. Cause everyone went through, like you were saying, first you got the new, all the projects, the, the new living room couch, you got that. And then, you know, your, your desk in your home office was, right. you know, not the best. So you got that fixed. Then you got over to the, you know, round up the driveway yeah. and then Lowe's had a shortage of mulch because everyone decided to go mulch their, their Eventually, lawn at the, the same time. The ceiling has been vacuumed and all the baseboards have been wiped down. You know, exactly. All your projects are done. Exactly. <laughs> and, and houses and the house plants and giving people something to take care of, something, some ownership, some responsibility day to day. Right. And it's that one little piece that they have control over. And it's not just, um, you know, to occupy your time. I don't think people understand the extreme importance and value that there are in plants for your mental health. Mm-hmm. We, we, we've been bombarded daily by, you know, the medical portions of COVID. But I think we've overlooked our mental health. Mm-hmm. And that is just as important as your physical health. Mm. It really is. And when you get up in the morning... You know that you have this beautiful little collection of plants that are depending on you Mm -hmm. Uh to keep them going. And um, it's the the whole mental. Yeah, it gets you out of bed. Yeah, yeah. it gets you out of bed again. And, you know, stress reducers. Oh, yeah. They're oxygen producers. Right. Right. Um, It's back to that feeling of peace you're talking about when you first step into the greenhouse or at the end of the day when everybody's gone and you can just be out there with the plants. You feel all that anxiety melt away. And and, and if the plants are the only thing, like kind of what I was saying earlier, like if the other thing you see people doing is waking up and even if their plant doesn't doesn't need anything, doesn't need to be watered, it's, well, last night when I went to bed, it sure looked like that was unfurling a new leaf. And it's that one little, you know, even just, again, it plants being kind of a, a, a vessel 
to display growth in people's life, even when you are locked home, even when right. you are, you know, cut off from a lot of the other social aspects of what gives you affirmation as a human right. that like, yeah, even just the, even if your plant doesn't need anything, it producing that leaf is like, yeah, it's happy right. enough that it's working on a new leaf, you right. know? And that's a, a sense of like accomplishment for somebody as well. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that that's really important. Madge, I don't want to keep you all day. We could do this for we could do this for like. I, I for, literally could be here. All day. I, I know. Uh, we'll you and I a, we'll have to do a part two. You and I could both be here until our internal patience runs out and we need soil, and then we'd just be sitting here with like a bucket of soil on our laps, like just playing with it to make right. ourselves feel at home. So in the last couple of years, you've been able to. I don't want to say switch up what you're doing because you're still growing a lot of what you grew before, but you you got to start offering and start working on newer plants what's obviously other people can't go and, and, and purchase directly from, from you guys, but what, what do you guys, what is something that Madge is passionate about figuring out right now? What are you working on propagating? What are you working on that maybe would be interesting? Um, I would say probably one of my uh, personal uh, favorite projects is bringing back to life an old classic um, okay. The Golden Pothis. Yes. Oh, yawn. Golden Pothis. You know, my grandma had that plant. What's so special about that? Well, for me, over the decades now, is uh, being able to just observe the changes in your average Golden Pothis. Like, over the last couple of decades, the fact that Golden Pothis is hard to discern from jade pothis yeah um it's the, been the, the stabilization of the variegation right um it's been overproduced um to the point where um it's uh lost its luster yeah it's not nearly as magical as it once was right and um my husband and i were fortunate enough to run across um, uh, lovely area that we noticed uh, some very loud, bright yellow that first caught your attention from right. off in the distance. And um, yeah, just walking up on it and realizing, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this in the last 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Even Marble Queen in that sense has gone down in, in, in its right. variegation overall. And that mm -hmm. is something I think we could do a whole podcast on how it is to maintain stock plants and parent plants. I mean, a lot of nurseries rely on the same parent plants to produce not just an entire batch, but I mean, generation on generation, batch on batch. And a lot of these greenhouses, yeah, you have to rely on your self-sufficient cuttings which maybe in a year doesn't degrade very much but yeah when you're 20 years later and the entire species has been very over cultivated mm -hmm. to the point where that variegation has really lost its luster it's going to take finding ones with good variegation and bringing those back out to really get that wow factor back right yeah right. what what is your favorite plant you're growing right now oh boy um that's a really hard one. Uh -huh. um, it's to me. It's like asking which which one is your favorite child. Right. No, they, that I mean, they they all are. It's really hard to say, um, you know, which one is your favorite. The one 
I guess that right now we're having the most fun with is the um, Hoya. Mm -hmm. That one has uh, really taken off well. Um, it's always amazing to, to find out that there are thousands of varieties, uh -huh. different shapes, different right. colors, different color flowers, different growing habits. Um, one of the one of the funnier uh, stories that I can uh, recall with the Hoya is uh, scaring myself something terrible one morning. We we went in to go uh, pull an order, and it was for a bunch of hanging baskets, and. Um, I thought that I had walked up on a nest of hornets. It, it really scared me half to death. You know, stop dead in your tracks. Right. Don't move. And while I was standing there, I noticed that the wasps weren't moving. They were just kind of right. hovering and got a little bit closer only to discover that I had walked up on a nest of baby hummingbirds. Whoa. They, Whoa. they had their little faces buried in those blooms. Right. Um, but, you know, when you first walk up on them, all you hear is that little initial humming, buzzing right. sound. Uh -huh. Right. And obviously, anything in the air, oh my God. That yeah, must well, be Floridians wasp or just something. know you run the wasp. other way from yeah, a wasp. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, just, and, and I had no idea. That the that the those blooming hoyas were such a little hummingbird magnet, and from that point on, I've just been completely infatuated with that plant. Right. They they are so interesting to watch them grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a. I, I think that they, it's cool that in a lot of species you have, you know, if you get into Ethereum, they all basically like the same thing, and hoyas they do all like the same thing. But like you were saying, different colors, different shapes. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they all still have the same preference, but even the amount that they want to be watered changes by the species, the amount of the rate at which they produce new growth. That was one thing that took me a long time to learn on Hoyas. I was mm -hmm. like, well, what's wrong with this other Hoya? I have 30 of this and 30 of this, and mm -hmm. this one's two foot tall. Right. And this hasn't even started producing a new leaf yet. And I remember that was one of our very first conversations that yeah. you and I had when, when we first started with the Hoyas is, um, you know, customers were coming back and they were like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with this Hoya? I, you know, when I first got it, it was dry. Uh -huh. But um, it was so beautiful, and it had lots of colors. And, you know, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. It's just dying. I I love this plant. I water it every day. I take care of it. And it's like, well, mistake number one, you're watering it every day. You need to stop that. <laughs> in, a, in a pot that doesn't drain either. Right. Exactly. So. It's got no, yeah, no drainage. Exactly. Um, and you just need to... to what I tell the, my customers is you need to remember that a Hoya is like a cactus's cousin. Mm -hmm. Cactuses don't like to be overwatered right. either. So, um, But in the same way, you can't go, you can't just say, okay, then, well, once a month and stop listening either. Yeah. Because no. you can also, you know, miss watering these mm -hmm. things. And I think that there's a tendency to overwater and I think there's a tendency to underwater. Mm -hmm. right. And the... The important, the, yeah, the important thing you learn over time is that every plant 
has the happy medium. It may right. be somewhere different in between, mm-hmm. but no plant can survive off no water. Right. And Although, unless you're in the aquatic lily pad, you know, right. category, none of, them have, underwater. Yeah, none of them can go swimming for six months at a time and right. love it either. So, right. it, you know, each plant is just a matter of where it falls in the mm-hmm. scale between those two realities. Mm-hmm. And which is impacted, again, not to go to the top of the show, but, you know, by where you live, by how many right. overcast days you have. You know, right. the sun, even if you're inside your house, temperature is 68. You know, if you're if you're not most of the plants shouldn't be in full sun at all. Right. But if you're in a very sunny spot, you know, that soil is going to evaporate. The soil is going right. to heat up a lot quicker, even if your ambient temperature in your house is, is relatively cool. All those things, mm-hmm. you know, make it individualized. But we would be remiss, Madge, before we let you go. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. But um, My pleasure. two My questions, pleasure. uncomfortable questions <laughs> that we asked every, every plant guest. Um, and it, again, like I said earlier, it, one, well, the two questions is one, what's your least favorite plant or, or the thing you're finding in the terms of asking that to a grower, I think the right. better question is what is the plant that you learned the most from or was the most, the most challenging right now. in growing, right. which obviously maybe that's a problem we just have because we're bad <laughs> at growing plants and uh, she's got the experience no, on it. I, everyone, everyone goes through that and, and that's the one thing I encourage you and, and I know your listeners may say, is she crazy? Uh-huh. No. Make as many mistakes as you can. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are always the best teachers. Well, I tried this and it didn't work, so let's try something right. new. Um, we've, we've all done it. Uh, one, of, one of our biggest mistakes was trying to grow a plant that should not have been Attempted to be grown in Central Florida. Um, it's hot. It's what plant was humid. that? Uh, we one time we tried to grow carnations. Mm. Carnations, right? Now, how long those have a blooming season? They, right, they do, they do, but um, they don't like summer in uh-huh. August here. Uh-huh. Uh, found that out, <laughs> and they also are not real big fond of our extremely high humidity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some discovery so, learning so yes welcome to botrytis 101 <laughs> students <laughs> right and airflow is a big a big thing and, it, and it's important that people know that all of us make mistakes regardless of right. if we're starting out right. you're going to make those mistakes if they're lessons they're not mistakes exactly you can learn something exactly. and as long as you're always growing more i mean in my right. mind that you know that's the goal is right. as long as you're still approaching it the the, the right. time where it starts to turn into something that's counterproductive uh and counterintuitive is when it starts to add more stress right. and add more to your life that it shouldn't be right. but as long as you're you can keep the perspective of the lesson learned as a way to grow right. it's a beautiful way to live life oh yeah and and with your friends with right. everywhere else if you if you leave those situations that failure right. whatever it was and your first kind of internal thought isn't well you know screw that guy or you know whatever and you get just immediately into the negative headspace if you can instead go okay well what could i have said right better it's the freedom to make those mistakes you know allowing yourself that freedom and Mm -hmm. then remember too now the next time as you continue to grow which i know you will in the future 
uh, when you add your next grower. That's the one next lesson. When you know that you're heading into that super hot time of year, hey, we need to spread these out a little further. Right. We need to make sure that there's plenty of airflow. And you know what? How about let's back off on that watering. Right. If we can hold it off another day or two, let's do that. Right. And guess what? You just avoided your next problem right. yeah. and pass that knowledge off to the next exactly. person exactly, exactly. Right. well thank you so much today madge for coming in and for being on the podcast you are most welcome it was it was a joy to yeah. to be with you and to meet you sam absolutely yeah. and i hope we get to do this again oh yeah so we'll too. definitely we'll definitely do it and we gotta we gotta get zach in here next time yes. on like we gotta do some show and tell of something yes, that would be we'll awesome figure out how to do a show and tell yes. with Madge because that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, like I said, we'll have to do a part two. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> awesome. you very much. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Every Plant Story podcast. You can find more about the podcast and the show notes by going to the Every Plant Story website, everyplantstory.com. You can also follow us on Instagram uh, at Every Plant Story. And we will see you guys next week in the next episode. Yeah.